You are now tuned in to Poppy Chula Radio. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Have a very Merry Christmas. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. To expect the unexpected, Reindeer Games, a PapichulaRadio.com original series, Papichula Radio Pop Culture on Demand. Today is Thursday, December 14th, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's big brother, Reindeer Games. Please welcome my holly jolly co-host, Santa's little helper, Michael Pena. What's up, people, and Merry Holidays. I love it. I love your festive exuberance. Mariah Carey would be proud. She's the queen of Christmas. That she is once she thaws out. Yes, when she thaws out, yeah. Well, that's why she's out and about, you know, collecting Ariana Grande and uh, um, Jennifer Hudson, you know, making the holidays bright. But anyway, let's talk about some sad stuff. So this is now the third episode of uh, Big Brother Reindeer Games. We are literally in the halfway point. Well, we already saw the episode. By the time we end this podcast, we will be at the halfway point. And uh, thus far, Cameron was sent ho-ho-home, and Cody was sent ho-ho-home. Who will go ho-ho-home next? Stay tuned, because this was billed by not only the house guests, but by the Big Brother promo team as, like, the most dramatic, the craziest, the most intense episode of Big Brother Reindeer Games thus far. And I will say this, spoiler alert, it delivered. It really did. This was... This was an episode. Like, I want to rush to damn Santa's showdown so bad. But we've got a lot of stuff to discuss before that. So before we even get to the naughty and nice challenge, I want to talk about something that I kind of referenced at the end of the previous podcast, Mr. Pena. Like, I said, you know, we're probably going to start off this episode where Xavier was going to get some sort of reassurance as to why he wasn't selected to be, uh, what do you call it, immune from having to go to Santa Showdown in Episode 2. And we did kind of see that with Danielle reassuring him. What did you think of that moment together? Because while it was a good little moment for Xavier, it did spark some big brothery paranoia with the rest of the girls, because the girls think that they're in a girls' alliance. So it, it was like a, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Oh, no, no, for sure. And, we're, and we were talking about it, yes, whenever the last episode was, that was going to happen. That's what they expected. And then we already know Xavier is going to be on, he's essentially the shield. 
And he had to reassure the shield, especially for Daniel, that he's okay. But it makes the most sense. If this is going to be tough competition based for the showdown, you want him in there because he's already proven twice to be strong. So why not continue to do that? It sucks for him, but strategically makes sense. The paranoia from his part, like, dude, why do you keep using me, is understandable. But he also knows Daniel's weak, which is like, he, he's willing to accept it from her, but even we saw that he wants to make sure that Josh and Taylor are still like, you know, in on protecting him. And I can see the paranoia because once you see somebody consistently talking to somebody, whispering, not talking in a normal, you know, voice volume, it's going to get suspicious. Like it, I like it. I love the paranoia. It's a short season. It's super ramped up and it just makes that much better of television. Totally. I just wish, and I'm a communicative person. Like, I believe in communication. Like, and I, you know, this is a theme that when we talked about BB25, like, I'm always like, if people would just ask a question, you know, they could calm their paranoia. But I get it. We're all humans. And in the heat of the moment, you don't immediately think of like, well, let me just go and be direct with this person. I wish she would have been direct. I wish she would have asked, what was that conversation? You know, I'm trusting you, and this, that, or the other, and whatever, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Because I feel like if you are aligned with someone, and if you trust them that much in the game to be aligned with them, you should have the comfort in them to, like, pull them aside and be like, hey, you know, I'm, this is Big Brother, so I'm feeling a little paranoid. What is going on? That's the only thing that I wish. You know, this whole episode would have been very different if there had been a little bit more communication. Oh, 100%. We're going to talk about that later for sure. Yeah. Communication is honestly going to be key in this episode. 100%. So that's the one thing, and I was like, ugh, especially because these are veterans, so it's not like... These are new people. Like, I wish that they would have just been a little bit more direct. Like, a little bit more direct. But anyway, but I get it. You know, it's the Big Brother house, even though it's masquerading right now in Santa's Lodge. So the paranoia, you know, runs deep in that house. I mean, they're, you know, all of that paranoia has been, like, sucked up into the walls. And I'm sure the walls feel paranoid and that sort of thing. But um, but yeah, so that was my only thing. But I did like that Danielle reassured X, and I really loved to see their bond. Like, wow, like I had no idea Xavier was feeling that protective of Danielle. And I, I really loved seeing that, you know, because Xavier is a winner, but a more recent winner. And Danielle is not a winner. She's, a, she's an OG. She's from season three. And to see, like, the next generation of Big Brother winners, like, having such a reverence to an OG player. Like, I really love that. I, I did. I'm going to get into that later on as well. But it was just, it was a beautiful moment that I, I really enjoyed. And I love Danielle. So I feel protective of Danielle as well. And uh, I completely understood why X was being protective of her. So let's get into the Naughty and Nice Challenge. We have a brand new Santa's elf, one of a, a new elf ambassador has shown up in BB23's Derek. It was hilarious to see Derek and Xavier sort of reunite because they were on the same season, and so he like picked him up, and it was it was adorable. 
Um, so yes, so Jordan is no longer here for the time being. Derek has taken over, and he introduces the naughty and nice challenge for the day. He brings out the lodge's crooner, and the crooner starts singing a a very Taylor Swift version of the Twelve Days of Christmas. Taylor Swift, you know, because she uh, she writes breakup songs whenever she's wronged by men. And so this time around, this gentleman is uh, singing about this woman that wronged him. And let's just say he's he's going through it. He really is. <laughs> but we can all tell why she broke up with him. I mean, clearly. Anyway, he storms out, and we learn that there are gingerbread cookies in letter shape spread throughout the house that will uh, spell out a four-word phrase as to why said woman broke up with the crooner. There, Derek ends up giving them a little bit of a hint, like, you know, at a certain point in the middle of the game, basically saying that the color of the icing of these cookies, in air quotes because they weren't cookies, but you know what I'm saying, um, that those would uh, be important. So that means, you know, the same color icing is part of the same word, this, that, or the other. For a hot second there, it really looked like Brittany, Franzel, or Frankie were going to win. Because they sort of teamed up, and then the rest of the house teamed up. And it looked like they almost got it, but they didn't. They they were stuck on the final word. It's you are two. And then it's a weird word that's got letters that don't seem like they should belong together. But then Taylor figured it out. Clingy. And she rushes to the phone, because you have to go to the phone to tell the crooner. She tells the crooner, and she ends up winning the Naughty and Nice Challenge. Then she has to choose who is going to be on the naughty list. We're going to talk about the advantages uh, when we get to the Jingle Bell Brawl. But um, after chatting with everybody... You know, it looked like, you know, she might have been leaning towards one direction with maybe uh, Frankie. But then Josh ended up volunteering and Taylor decided not to show her cards yet in regards to Frankie. Because, in essence, he's not coming after her, so why should she go after him? And that sort of thing. And Josh volunteered, you know, why not? So that, you know, people don't think this out of the other. And so Josh gets placed on the naughty list and he will get a disadvantage. So let's talk about this. The Naughty and Nice Challenge, the Naughty and Nice Power, we will discuss in a moment. But, yeah, what'd you think of it? What'd you think of the uh, competition? There's, Go ahead. There's actually a lot to break down. Uh, number one, was it Josh who said it first, or was it Taylor? I could have sworn Josh said it first. Clingy? Yeah, or was it her? I think they. It, because Josh came back with even, the UR2, and I think she because, said Clingy, but I could be mistaken. Because during the thing, I was like, I remember he, even he says, like, wow, I can't believe I said it. And then she took credit for it. I got to watch it again. So that's why I thought it was a little like, hmm. But then again, it could be simultaneous, right? Because they're talking out loud. Which mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, I, it was a great game. I mean, dude, we're seeing great challenges. Like, I hope they put these in the next BBC. BB26, pay attention. We are <laughs> loving the challenges. Please wake up. Like, because clearly yeah. these are the same people. I mean, it's not like they they hired new challenge makers for this six-episode spinoff. Could. You never know. 
No, I don't think so. This, these are the same people. These are the same producers. Y'all need to wake the fuck oh, up. Oh, no, no. I know same producers, but they could have hired. I always feel like they can always bring in somebody different. It kind of seems that way in a sense. It's not always Either that or they woke the fuck sometimes. up. Or both. I, I think it could be both. But, uh, no, I, I, I liked it. You got to see more of the kind of the conversations. You basically see the lines drawn, right? Like who's working with who or who is helping who. And I liked how... This time you saw half the people wanting to win it, and then you saw half people not wanting to win it. And I'm going to give credit to Josh, man. He is very smart, and he thought about this strategically. He's like, let me prove my loyalty to this group by taking the disadvantage, knowing so far that the disadvantages haven't been that bad. And then Taylor being smart enough to not put the obvious target on Frankie and going along with Josh and giving it to Josh instead. I thought that was great. That was a very smart plan to do for, you know, on her part. But I, I like this challenge. It was very fun. It was it was very, I like that they're on theme. It was very Christmassy. I love the Taylor Swift breakup song-ish uh, little jingle go, going. And I like how, I'm glad you didn't go through all 12 days because that's a long song, just repeating yourself over and over again. But it was great. It was fun. You saw the divisions in the groups. He's, draw, he's seeing a lot of uh, strategic moments going on and who to help, how to help, and Josh not wanting to even win it and instead reinforcing uh, the faith Taylor has in him by, you know, doing this uh, volunteering to take the disadvantage. So I thought that was pretty good. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like cause I've never seen Josh very strategic in general. Again, I'm basing it off the last time we saw him in BB. But I know it's changed when he's been on the challenge a lot. And so I kind of feel, as you mentioned, he seems a little more mature. And I feel like it's very different. He was very young then. He isn't now. And he's also gone through many experiences. So I'm really happy to kind of see, I guess, the evolution of his gameplay, which I think is actually doing pretty good. I know. I can't believe I'm saying this because I literally started – you know, this podcast, you and I were in agreement in regards to this. Like, we were not looking forward to Josh. We still have PTSD from Josh's season. Not just because of Josh, but because of Paul and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I am surprised that I'm actually enjoying Josh. I'll be honest, I said this before and I'm repeated again. I have avoided watching the challenge, the MTV one and even the CBS one, because I've always been scared of him popping up. I also don't really care for Johnny Bananas, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, I'm going to have to suffer with him in the Trader season two. But anywho, so I have been avoiding like anything that Josh has been in because of the bad taste he left in my mouth in season 19. And I can't even believe I'm saying this. I'm finding him entertaining. I'm enjoying him as a competitor. There is a maturity there. He's still crazy, but in a good way. He's like, he's brings sort of almost like camp, like Frankie does. Like, I can't believe this show is completely changing my mind on certain people. And also the fact that Franzel said that she was down with an all-girls alliance. She's never been down with an all-girls alliance. What the hell is going on? People are maturing and seeing the error of their ways. Like, this is crazy to me. But yes, I was impressed with Josh. I I was impressed with everybody. Like, everybody was trying to, like, figure this thing out. Like, this was such a good challenge. I mean, these are simple challenges. Simple as in, they're clearly not expensive to make. You know, they just had to make some props and stuff for these naughty and nice challenges. But it it works. 
it it works it works and the stakes are still feel high you know even though you know they it, it isn't like this fancy set that they're well i mean the lodge is a fancy set but you know what i'm saying like they didn't build something for this challenge it was a very simple challenge but it was very effective and i love that all of these challenges are brain based they are cerebral very much so <laughs> yes Okay, so let's talk about the actual power. The Naughty and Nice Challenge winner, they get the Naughty and Nice power, as I mentioned. You know, they get to select who is on the Naughty list, but also they get the advantage, and the person that's on the Naughty list gets the disadvantage. Taylor, as the winner, she gets a two-minute head start. And Josh got a, a pretty major disadvantage. Um, so uh, let's talk about the uh, Jingle Bell Brawl. So we are transported into Santa's workshop. So the showdown's not going to be in the workshop. And it is basically the tiny veto competition. But reindeer gamesified. So instead of stacking like little cans or something to, you know, into like a pyramid shape, because I feel like that's always the tiny veto. This time around, you have to stack these little blocks together to make a gingerbread man image. There's only one way the image is correct, and there are a couple of pieces that look like they could be one way, but they're not supposed to be. And uh, everyone has an actual image inside of their little teeny tiny box of what the final product should look like. Josh, with the disadvantage, he's going to have a full five minutes without looking at that image. So he's going to have no idea when he starts how that image is supposed to look like, other than the fact that it's a gingerbread person. All right. Let me tell you this. I love that we have the Tiny Vito as this competition. Because most of them, or a lot of them, I think, have never played it. I know Danielle has never played Tiny Vito. I don't think Brittany has. So it's a new competition for some. It's an annoyance for others. Um, seeing everybody get frustrated and screaming, you know, just because of, like, the tiniest fall and all that kind of stuff. Or even, what was it, Franzel, I think, bumped her head on the box and it knocked things over. Like, it was just, I loved all of that. Also, when Franzel thought she won, I died. And then when she was told she was wrong... I died again. Like, it was so good. And I was on the edge of my seat. And I know some of it's the editing. I don't know if Frankie was really on her tail. But um, Franzel does end up winning. And you know what? Because she won, I'm even going to say her name for the first time this podcast. Nicole won. And props to her, because she did that. Like, everyone else, like, if you saw, like, where they were, some of them were, like, halfway done. Like, she, she comp beasted that. Like, Frankie almost won that. And she took the dub. So props to Nicole. Now, Nicole has a very interesting power. Before we even get into that, because that's going to lead us directly into Santa's showdown, let's talk about the Jingle Bell Brawl in Santa's workshop. Tiny Vito, gingerbread style, Mr. Pena, what did you think of it? I will just say, I don't know if I could do that one. Like, I feel like I would be so nervous my hands would be shaking. Like, throughout the whole time, because I would know the stakes are so high. But what yeah. did you think of it? The same with me. I think it'd be, it'd be really difficult, I'll be very honest. I have shaky hands, and I, I breathe really heavy. 
like I take heavy breath, so I know I'll definitely blow it down. <laughs> yes. I loved it. It was it was great. It uh it, it levels uh, the playing field. I like it more that it was a puzzle and you stacked it. That made it so much better. I hope when they do it again, it's not just stacking the tower. I love the fact that it was a puzzle. Yeah, because I feel like, am I wrong in remembering, aren't they always cans, or have they ever yes. been anything else? Yes, no. Okay. It's always been cans or little radioactive barrels. It's always been cylinder. All right, I like time. that it's a puzzle, yes. Yes, and that's what I think that's what a simple little change made it that much better. You know what I mean? That much more competitive. Because you saw what happened to even Josh. He was a pretty good ways up, and then he had to do it again because he had two bottom pieces switched. And then you saw Franzel. She almost lost it because she had two pieces switched. And I thought that made it way better, more competitive. It was great. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. So far, they're batting, you know, 10 out of 10 in these challenges. They're very competitive, and they're very uh, theatrical in the way they're reacting. Josh's reactions were funny because they were getting pissed. You get annoyed, like damn it, like again, again, and they just you know they walk away from the box, got to come back, and it was interesting to see they're right next to each other, and I love when Danielle goes, "I'm almost done, guys." She's like at the bottom. Oh, I love that I psychological warfare. Bring it on. Yes, yeah, so it was. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Yes, it was. It was so good. I love that everybody was screaming because I feel like for the most part, like no one really does that on like regular Big Brother. Like they always like, oh damn it. And this sort of thing. Like, I love that people were just letting it out. And I love that Danielle was even like, let it out and get back in, get your head back in the game. Like, it was so good. So good. Yes. I completely unexpected that Nicole won. Props to Franzel. You know, I, I feel like I hardly ever give her her props. But she did that. Props to her. She, she did do that. It looked incredibly difficult. You know, the fact that um, the way that the blocks are, because I think another reason, another um, interesting thing about them being sort of like block shaped versus circular shaped, and that you had to stack them up, so it was like it was all even. You could have an entire tower fall, and that makes it even much more difficult. Because some of them had like one entire like vertical column fall or two columns fall. And I'm like, that must be difficult to sort of stack back up if you don't want anything else to fall. You know what I'm saying? Like, ugh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. For sure. That that made it very, I think in general it's difficult, but like you mentioned, it made it more, like you're putting dominoes on top of each other. And I love yes. Franco's strategy. She, like, staggered them, which worked out really well. Yeah, she staggered them. Frankie's was interesting as well, too. He just would, like, drop them, and they would, like, click as opposed to gently putting them on. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. He had it, man. He got so – dude, his hands were shaking so bad on that last one. Yeah, he could have. I don't know if it was just editing or if he really was on her ass. If he really was on her ass, oh, my God, I would have been pissed. <laughs> like, I would have been so pissed. I, I, I feel like it might have been editing, but regardless, it made it look better. I agree. Yes. Okay, so Franzel has won. And can we talk about the most insane Santa showdown ever? Because Derek ends up mentioning that, you know, this Santa showdown is going to be unlike any that they've ever seen thus far. I mean, it's only been three episodes, but you know what I'm saying. You have to sound dramatic on these shows. And 
that the rules of Santa Showdown was basically going to make it so that people are going to want to go to Santa Showdown. So, Franzel had one decision to make. She was going to decide to send one person into Santa's showdown. If that person survives, they return and they select the next person to go into Santa's showdown. So the whole idea now is, do you send in an ally that you feel will get the job done? And then they come back in and they select the next person that could potentially be sent ho-ho-home? And that was the big decision Franzel had to make. And her allies, clearly, Brittany, Frankie. Brittany did not seem like she wanted to do it. She was scared. And Frankie was pretty much like, I'm cool with it. You know, because if we send X right now, because X was Franzel's target, you know, she's like, you know, if he survives, you know, then what's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's just go throughout the entire showdown, because we're going to have so much stuff to break down about it anyway. So, Franzel ends up sending Frankie. The whole thing is, they're in the candy cane forest. Jack Frost has stolen one of Mrs. Claus's ornaments and has trapped it in, 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 a, in a bit of snow, basically. It's, it's a hamster wheel type of situation. It's a puzzle. And you have to get the little ornament into the center by turning the hamster wheel around and solving the puzzle. They start off with 5 minutes and 30 seconds, and then each subsequent lodge guest that has to play, they get one minute less to do it. Bum bum bum. Okay, you know what? Instead of doing the whole thing, let me let, I'll, I'll break it down by contestant because I feel I, I just we have to talk about it. There's a lot to discuss with this because the psychological torment and trauma of this entire thing is it's incredibly fascinating. So Frankie ends up doing it, and he does it. He does it in like about what did he say, like two minutes or something, two and a half minutes. Like let's say I don't remember the exact number that he said, but it was like two minutes and some change. And yeah. so he does it, and so now he has to select who gets to go next and um you know initially it looked like you know based off of just the conversation that was being had you know they were going to send it to someone maybe that needed most of the time this or the other but at the end of the day he ends up picking x and x is kind of shocked yes i will also say just to rewind when Franzel picks Frankie, if you look behind, because X is right behind Frankie, yes, he is shocked. Yeah, he looks super shocked. He was like, what? So anyway, so we're not going to talk about X and what he does. Okay. Let's talk about Frankie and how he does it. Okay. What did you think overall about this competition? And are you thinking much like I am? Like, why aren't we doing these competitions on the main one? Because this oh, is a brilliant competition to have on Big Brother proper. The way people have to show their cards. Like, this is yeah, just, even yeah. if it's not, you know, clearly it's not going to be to send them home. Because there is the live vote and eviction. But, you know, doing this in a way to where the people that do it first get, you know, like, let's say a reward and then the people that are doing it towards the end get a punishment or something like that. Like, it still shows yeah, your cards. Or you can even do an HOH. I mean, yes. you can even make this into an HOH. No, I agree. I'm, I'm on board. I saw this. I'm like, where's this game been? Where's this, the way they set it up to where you get a minute left and they get to choose who's next. I love yeah. that they did this that. This is a I twisted game. 
Yes, I love the person that, that ends up completing it. They get to choose who goes next. That's awesome because then if you do friend or foe, are they going to put the person you want them to put in or are they going to put someone that you didn't want them to put in? And that's why, break it down, great game overall. We need to see this in the main Big Brother. If it does, I'll be very surprised. I love the fact that it was harder because you. it's hard to see a puzzle when you're like right in front of it. It's easier when you have a distance or it's smaller. And that was a great challenge, plus the hamster wheel, and then plus looking at the timer go down. And then you have a minus minute each time. Frankie did as good as I thought he would. He's, he's just good. You like him or don't like him, he's very good competitively. Shines bright like and Frankie. He, <laughs> exactly. And he did it in about the time I figured he would do it in. And then, you know, I was I understood why he did X, because who else is going to put him in, Right. No one yeah. else is going to throw him in. And I thought, because I think he really wants to do Britney second. Because, remember, he mentioned when he talked to friends at first, like, so we can go me, then Britney, then X. But Britney was so full of fear, she yeah. didn't want to go. So I think that's why Frankie took the shot now, hoping he would fail. So I understand his logic, but I felt like had Britney been more calmer, that part, that probably would have been the better choice. But it was just awesome. I'm going to let you continue on. We'll just do it now. That's the question to you. We see X. Explain X and tell me your thoughts on his uh, completion. All right. So X is sent in. And Frankie's gamble is this. He he's clearly needs to send X in because that's what his people want and and that sort of thing. But he can also spin it that I gave you the second most amount of time. So you can do it. I did in this amount of time. You're going to do it. You're going to be fine. And unfortunately for X, though, this is now his third Santa's showdown. Or maybe we should be rebranded for this episode because I saw Taylor tweet. She called it Satan's showdown because this was, oh, my God, Santa was torturing these people. Or maybe it was Jack Frost. But anyway. So Xavier gets sent in, and uh, I will say this, once again, Xavier struggled a little bit, because he only had mere seconds left, like he had about 15 seconds left. He almost ran that clock out. Uh, maybe just puzzles aren't his thing, I don't know. But, well no, he did good in the first puzzle, it's Just this was like a maze, so maybe, yeah, mazes. Mazes and balancing things are not his thing. I don't know. But he ended up winning, so maybe it is his thing. But he came really close to not making it. Um, let me just add in that when someone survives, they hear little jingle bells inside the lodge. And uh, if someone doesn't survive, Jack Frost cackles for them. So it's like the torture game. Because people inside are like wondering... Are they going to win? Are they going to lose? We have to wait for the sound effect, this and the other. The jingle bells come on, and X walks in, and now he has to make the choice. And Brittany's freaking out. Brittany, for whatever reason, feels like X is going to choose her. And he does. And she, she ends up going in there and like begging him. Like, I've never won Big Brother. I'm doing this for my kids. Like, this time it was, like, real begging versus, you know, sort of, like, the teasing begging that she did with Cody in the previous episode. Like, she was serious. Like, she felt like, you know, she felt like she was dead woman walking. Like, she was, you know, she was 
walking down, like heading to the electric chair is what she thought she was headed to. Like she thought she was dead on arrival with this competition. And he ends up picking her. Bum, bum, bum. Because there were talks about Danielle and this, that, or the other uh, to give her more time. Because it looked like everybody was going to have the chance to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, was going to be forced to do it. Like, and you don't want 30 seconds. So, but at the end of it all, Xavier ends up picking Brittany. So before we get into Brittany, let's talk about this. Xavier, he did not do as well as I thought. I mean, he did it, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle. So let's talk about this. So I'm going to say I feel like mental comps are his weakness. Because let's be honest, uh, Cam has never been – Cam was never great at mental comps. Cam is big physical. And I figured he would have trouble on that puzzle. So they both had trouble. Just X was a little faster. He did really bad on trying to figure out how to balance it. And I can I'm, – I'm I'll be honest. Like I know I'd probably do bad. Easier said than done. He just did a lot worse than I thought he would do. And I feel like it comes to where if it takes a lot of mental timing and mentalness behind it, because essentially when you're doing the Christmas tree, right, you're competing, so technically time, he struggles. So it's like either it's waning on him or this just aren't his comps. I was very surprised it took him this long. And it's funny because that freaked out Brittany more and everyone else more because it's like, wow. If Xavier took four minutes, it must be horrific. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then man, he and then he ends up going to get Brittany. And I still don't un- I mean I understand why, because he's not working with her. He has no one else to put up. Frankie already went. You can't put Nicole. He's not gonna put anyone else in his supposed alliance, right? So Brittany is the only choice. And man, I felt really bad but i'll be honest i knew she was going to succeed because if i'm i'm that type of person i look at the um the time i was looking at the time i'm like we still got like 15 minutes in this episode she's gonna complete oh, it. oh like, you cheated i love that i did i did i i do that for a lot like i watch the amazing race and other things i'm like i look at the clock i'm like okay i can tell who this person's gonna be safe yeah exactly so i can always tell and I was like, oh, I'm like, whoever goes after her is going to lose. But, man, when she went, it was Okay, well, well, was well let's, crazy. let's break it down then. Let's break that down. All right, so Xavier comes in, as I mentioned. He won, and he has to select someone, and this time he selects Brittany. Brittany is apoplectic. I mean, she really is. Like, she, as I referenced, she feels like she's dead woman walking. She's not going to be able to do it. She's like, I can't even push the the, the hamster wheel. Like, I'm not going to be able to do it. And she goes out there, and we have a Christmas miracle. Like, she does it. And she do- and she's even shocked herself. Like, she didn't, she didn't have that much time left. I mean, what did she have? Like, maybe, um... She had a minute, eight like a minute, a, minute a little 18. over a minute left. Um, so she did be- a little bit better than X because she even had less time. Remember, she had a minute less, but she comp beasted it like she was in disbelief that she won. Like I did not cheat like you. So I was watching this and I was nervous as fuck. Like for her, I was so scared. I was like, no, Brittany, no. Like, like you need, like, I don't know what you need to do, but you need to do it. Like, I was so scared for her. 
And when she pulled out that dub, it was almost like when the Misfits, the, the Island of Misfit Toys won uh, the previous episode. Like, I was so proud of her. But then I got worried. Because there are only three people left that she can choose from. And she she comes in, like, let me even talk about what's going on while she's doing the damn thing. Like, everybody's emotional. Like, Franz was about to cry. Like, everybody is, like, freaking out. And this is out of the other. And then the jingle bells. And she is safe. And, like, everybody and, like, Franz, like, they're all, like, freaking out inside and shock. Some of them are in shock. Now, I will say this. We didn't talk about this. But Brittany and Josh make a deal to, like, if they go out to not put each other out, you know, put each other up to make, you know, make them go next. So there was that deal. But when Brittany comes in, I'm like, is she still going to do that deal? Because in my mind, I was like, there's no way in hell she's going to put Taylor. And I didn't think she was going to put Danielle either because she's so close to Danielle in the house. And so I was like, is she going to go back on her deal with Josh? And Josh will more than likely be sent home. But then I started thinking, but Josh posts about the episode, and he said it's one of the best episodes of Big Brother ever. And I don't think he's going to call his eviction episode, or his, I should say, ho-ho-home episode, the best one ever. So I was like, hmm, what's going on? What's going to happen? And this is where I did cheat. I looked at the time. I cheated, dude. I did. I didn't cheat for Britney, so I was genuinely in suspense. But I did look at the time for the next person. I was like, oh, they are definitely going ho-ho-home. And then when Franzel was like, Danielle, I think Danielle is the person that puts your name in X's mouth. You need to confront X about it. And Xavier, he didn't confirm that Danielle said anything. Because I don't think, I'm trying to remember, did Danielle... No, she. I don't think she did. When I, Xavier I, 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 was like, who should I send out next to Danielle? He was the one that said Brittany, right? Yeah, it, it was Yeah, it was him. I don't think she said anything about it. Cause yeah. I, I gotta go back and look at it. I thought the same thing. I didn't see anything. I thought, I thought it was weird. Because I know they talked. Like, they were one of the first people to talk. And I, and I was like, I don't think... I mean, clearly they're aligned. So I, The only thing that was talked about is that she doesn't want to go. She didn't want to go. Okay, yes, you are right about that. That was the only conversation they had, because it was, and it, it looked, I mean, from the camera, right, it looked pretty quick, but that's all it yeah. was said. No, you're right about that, yes. But for some reason, that Le- Franzel was suspicious, and so she sends Brittany to basically confront Xavier, and Xavier is like, you know, like, why did you pick me? And he was like, because I wanted to protect Danielle, because she didn't want to do it, basically, and this is at the end of competition, and da 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 and that led Britney's wheels turning. And when she has to announce who's to go next, I mean, she's like, I, I'm not even sure if I'm ready. Because Taylor nominates herself. She's like, I'll do it. You know, with that amount of time, I should be able to do it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And I guess at the end, they were probably going to have to get out Josh. So there's that. But Britney ends up selecting Danielle. And Danielle is shocked. Danielle's also pissed because she feels like she has been an ally to Brittany. And so Danielle goes out there and she feels like she's dead woman walking. And so she goes out to uh, the hamster wheel snowflake. And she's the one that's struggling to turn it. 
Like, she was struggling. I was like, she had to use her whole body weight to turn it. She was, like, on her, like, basically stretched out to turn it. It was crazy. There was a moment when it looked like she got it. But there were only seconds left. And for a half a second, I was like, oh, my God, don't tell me she actually gets it. And, like, Josh is going to go out there or something and fail miserably. I don't know. But no. Jack Frost cackles. And Danielle is sent home. Home, home, I should say. And the whole house is kind of, like, emotional about it. Or at least the majority of the house. And there was a promo for this episode. And, like, everybody was crying. Even Xavier was crying. I was like, why the fuck is Xavier crying? And it makes sense now. Because Danielle is sent home. She's going ho-ho-home. Um, and, like, everybody, like, like I loved what everyone had to say. Like, with Taylor, you know, she's the one that inspired me to play this game. You know, uh, even uh, Josh and, and Xavier, they all said something to the, to, the, to the effect. You know, without Danielle, there wouldn't be us. There wouldn't have been the cookout. And this is out of the other. And, uh, I mean, even Brittany said... You know, I mean, she didn't want to do that to her friend. Um, Danielle looked like she wasn't even there for, for Britney's tears. But you know what? I mean, I get it. In the moment, you don't want to hear anything about it. But I'm glad that she left with everybody calling her a legend. Because she is. I mean, she's one of the best players to have never won. But she does have to select a gift from under the tree. And she picks the big present. And you know what's in there? What did she say? During the first episode, she was like, I might not get a lot of Christmas presents, but I'll be at home with a check. She got a check. It's not the grand prize. It's not the 100 k but she got the 5 k cash prize. So props to her for that. But good grief. What a day. What a night. What an episode. I, I, I'm sad that she's not there anymore. I really am. Because she's never won. And so it would have been nice to have seen her at the Reindeer Games finale. But she went out a legend. She did the damn thing. What did she say? She's 51. She's a grandmother, which I can't even believe that. Um, and she's got, she's got a check. So props to her. No, it was, it, was, it was really awesome. For one, I was impressed by Brittany being able to complete it. And she did it a lot faster than I thought. But I feel like she's a lot more capable than she gives her, herself credit for. And I feel like, you know, she's just in her own way. Josh even said that, yeah. Yeah, no. and then when she won, oh, I was man, I was very surprised she went after Danielle. But I feel like in the heat of the moment, she made an impulsive decision. She made an impulsive and she went decision, after yes. And she just... I th- honestly, I would have gone after Taylor for two reasons. One, you're not working close with her. And two, you have a potential to get her out. Like, I would have done that because honestly, and even if Taylor would have succeeded, I guarantee she would have sent Josh in to save Danielle. She's not going to send Danielle. Yeah. So then you either get Taylor or Josh, two big competitors, out of the game. I would have, if I were Brittany, would... I would have I basically gone back on my deal with Josh and I would have sent Josh in. Makes sense. It just depends on the relationship and what they built. We don't know what it's like. I still would have put True. in Taylor because she is like a ringleader. You know what I mean? You kind of get rid of her, the the rest kind of fall. But the know, question is, do they created. know she's a ringleader? Because I don't feel like they uh, knew about the four of them being aligned. We'll put it. We'll put. We'll put it this way. She did it essentially in her season, where there's 
unintentional at first, right? Getting that group together. And I feel like that's just the that's her persona. That's her character. Mm-hmm. Whether she wants it on purpose or not, it, it ends up happening. And I feel like if she plays any other reality show game, it's that's the way she's going to be viewed. But in this case, I would have I would have gone after Taylor. And in this way, Josh, if she succeeds, I think I think Taylor would have done it. Uh, then get out Josh. But man, Danielle, she had it, man. And and I'm gonna give her this. I feel like she panicked in the beginning. She could have moved it. It's all about weight distribution. She barely moves her body. If you look at the yeah. episode again, she's barely moving. You have to put like your foot all the way to the edge, like or the circular, you know, part of the side of the circle to get it moving. And then when she, I felt like she just took too long to figure that out. And I think she would have gotten it. I think she, I think Xavier messed up and should have sent her in. It's like with Brittany and Danielle. They both were so freaked out about time and in their own heads. They should have gone early. They would have completed this. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. Brittany did it, but Danielle would have done it in Brittany. Instead of Xavier telling Danielle, I mean, sending in Brittany, he could have sent Danielle because he thought about that. He even said, hey, you want to go now? She says, no. Yeah. I think everybody got in their head about this game. It was It was psychological warfare. Like, I can't even believe it. Santa Claus... And Jack Frost used psychological warfare against uh, these house guests. And at the end of the day, who are Santa Claus and Jack Frost? The producers and the creators of, these, you know of these challenges. What's funny, though, is that it was all X's fault. They, they had him on this pedestal as a comp beat, and it took his ass over four minutes. So they thought for sure whoever's going next isn't going to get it if it, if Mr. X couldn't do it in could barely do it in four minutes. No one can do it in three minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. And I feel like it freaks them out. And that's why that's we like this game, dude, because it freaks you out. And even Brittany was like, wow, it wasn't as hard as I thought it. Yeah. Frankie X struggle, and then you have Brittany completed, and Danielle would have completed if she had like an extra 10 seconds to look like. Yeah. I think the great thing about some of these competitions is because they are new. And so these house guests don't really have anything that they can compare it to. Very at all. true. And so it's the unknown. It's the fear of the unknown. And that's really what haunted them this episode. Yeah, this was so good. The psychological mind games of this episode. Props to the individual that created, or individuals that created this competition. Props to those that created the rules to this competition. This was beautiful. We need to see this type of competition on the mothership. Uh, all of these competitions should be back on the mothership, I'm just saying. like They, they, have, they have been really great. Also, quick shout-out to the fashions. As I sort of referenced in the previous podcast, there seems to be a theme. Every episode, we had the Christmas ugly Christmas sweaters. We had the Christmas pajamas. And this time around, we sort of had, like, Christmas on the islands. Or, well, I'm in Miami. That would be what you would wear for Christmas in Miami. You know, Christmas in the tropics. Christmas in Hawaii. You know, it, it was really nice. I liked the the outfits. And uh, I think all of them are going to take them home, this or the other. Some of them end up, like, finding their way onto eBay and that sort of stuff for the um, the house guests that are not as Oh, for sure. One, one thing I want to mention before we go towards the end or ending this podcast is that I like the fact that 
doing a lot more individual and teams, and they're alternating it. And I feel like that's a very good shakeup because now it's not just a hundred percent individual or you want to get someone out, but you're on a team, but you want to get your team safety, you know, so there's more, there's more at stake at these competitions. And I, I kind of like that because it kind of makes it more interesting. You got to do a lot more strategizing and you got to do a lot more trusting. And I, I hope they continue that because, for example, in Survivor, they do that a lot. It's a 100% individual game. But, for example, they'll have it to where if you want to go for immunity, they'll put you in a team of two teams of four. The winning team has a chance to get immunity. The losing team, they're all up to be evicted, but the other team is safe. So then you have half safe, half not safe. And I kind of I want them to do something like that where going forward where you, you're forced to work with someone to – further your own game, whether it's somebody you like or someone you don't normally work with. And I kind of like that they're doing that with this. When you have the teams and individual, and then now you have, is this a team individual? How are you going to work it out? And they're making it more strategizing than just, oh, you go. I'm going to send you because I don't like you. And they have to really think about it. And I kind of hope that the next three episodes are, are like this because they're killing it, dude. They're really knocking it out of the park with these games. Mm-hmm. I will co-sign with that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a nice way to shake up the game. Um, yeah. And, I mean, moving on here on out, like, there won't be an all-girls finale. I mean, there can't be, because there's going to be four people at the end, and there are only three girls. So the house is now split again with um, in regards to genders. So that's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be interesting to see who makes it to the end and who actually ends up winning this. We are halfway through the competition. Props to Danielle once again. You know, she went out. She ended up getting 5K for herself. She went out on such a weird, twisty journey. I mean, this wasn't just a straight-up Santa showdown. This was a twisty Santa showdown. So if you're going to get out... A legend. I mean, might as well get her out on the craziest nights of the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. All right. I was going to say, mm-hmm. if you want to make that comp harder, they, should, they shouldn't have revealed it to anyone except the person Nicole chose to go in. Imagine. Like, they oh, never that's interesting. What it was. Like, they just have, you just have to choose. But it would kind of defeat the purpose of, like, you want to send a friend or foe, which I understand, but... If it was just, like, blind, like, that would have been kind of interesting. Yeah. Who knew shit went down in the candy cane forest? But apparently, crazy shit's happening there. Yeah. Anyway. It does. Yes, it does. All right. Anything else, Mr. Pena, before we go ho-ho home? No, nope, Gotta give props. I, I'll be honest. I thought this was going to be a cheap spinoff of a BB series, and it's honestly one of the best seasons granted it being short and a spin-off that we've seen so far yes and i will say this because i always say this well at least i don't want to say i always say this but i said this a lot during bb25 i am loving the extended episodes i loved the two-hour premiere i love that episode two and three were both an hour and a half i mean what does cbs have to air right now anyway it's the holiday season it's usually in reruns and that sort of thing it looks like the next three episodes are just one hour and that kind of breaks my heart. Like, I, I would love for an hour and a half episodes. Like, I, I feel like CBS, if you're listening, 
go back and re-edit the episodes and make them an hour and a half each. I'm sure you have the footage. Like, I'm sure some interesting things happened. But maybe as we get less and less contestants, maybe that's why they don't need an hour and a half. I don't know. But I'm here for it. I've enjoyed it thus far, and I hope this gets renewed for another season. Like, I would love for this to become a holiday tradition. I hope they do, man. I, I, I hope with the success that they're getting, I hope that they do continue this. Yeah, because at the end of the day, number one, they already have the sets. It's the Big Brother house. All they got to do is, you know, decorate it in a different sort of way. So they have the set already. And let's be for real, 100 k is not a lot of money. I mean, it's a good, you know, prize money, but compared to, like, Big Brother, I mean, it is, you know, it, it's not spectacular. So, I mean, it's not like they're giving out a lot of money. Compared to other prize money, you know what I'm saying? So, but I'm, oh yeah, I mean it's sure. a good amount of money, but it's it's not like the grand prize of Big Brother. So, I mean, I feel like they could, if they wanted to do this again, they could do this again. Anyway, stay tuned, listeners. Maybe we'll get a Christmas miracle. I don't know. But on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected Reindeer Games. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, please wish the listeners a very merry good night. Good night, people, and have a merry holidays. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected Reindeer Games via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Good night and happy holidays.